Welcome to The Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, here with our first episode of The Future Built Smarter podcast in 2024. Back with me again is Mike Lawless, IMEG's Vice President of Innovation. Mike, welcome back. No, glad to be back. Excited about what we've got planned for 2024. Me too. Today's topic is the Northridge earthquake, which occurred 30 years ago in Southern California on January 17, 1994. Our guest is Craig Chamberlain, a structural engineer and client executive of IMEG's structural team in Los Angeles. He's also president of the Structural Engineering Association of Southern California, which recently hosted the Northridge Earthquake Symposium. Craig, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Tell us about the Northridge earthquake, and uh, by any chance, did you happen to be there in that area when it hit? I was not in Los Angeles on that day. I was off at college, um, but have family and friends who were certainly here, and I've heard lots of stories about that day. It was a jolt, 4.30, just after 4.30 a.m. in the morning on January 17th, 1994, uh, the ground shook, um, and many Southern Californians got rocked out of beds that morning. And that was a, what, a 6.7 magnitude? Is that right? It was. Significant earthquake in uh, the Southern California area. At the time, was the biggest uh, monetary uh, natural disaster in, uh, in U.S. history. So, Craig, how did the buildings do that were impacted? You know, what kind of failures or what did we see with the buildings? Significant damaged buildings during, uh, during that event. Uh, one... Um, one that we see a lot on TV is the um, Northridge Meadows apartment complex, where you had this type of apartment complex where you have car parking that occurs under one area of the building, the tuck under parking. Um, and we call these a soft story or weak story kind of building because this open front structure um, doesn't have uh, wood walls or shear walls to help laterally stabilize the building underneath in the area where those cars are parked. And in that particular building complex, um, the second floor pancaked and fell down on the first floor of the building. So not only where the cars were, but back behind where those actual first floor level apartments were. And that was the site of the most uh, deaths actually during the Northridge earthquake. So that was certainly one type of structure that was considerably vulnerable, but there was also um, a hospital, Kaiser Permanente uh, structure that had a lot of damage during the earthquake. There were other parking structures that had some damage. So um, a lot of steel moment frame buildings had a lot of damage. That was a big thing that came out of the earthquake. Infrastructure is a big key piece of it as well, too. There was a lot of damage to, to freeways on transportation in the LA area after the earthquake. Electricity was down um, for a number of residents throughout the Southland for, for half that day. And we're talking less than a 7.0 earthquake. So you can imagine what that might do in an even bigger earthquake uh, in the area. What kind of things have been put in place? I know, you know, for new buildings, but also I assume retrofits are, have taken place to some of these existing structures that are vulnerable and those sorts of things. Like where do we stand now? And, and you know, is there still more work to be done? There has, has been a lot uh, that's been done in the, in the years. We've improved uh, so certainly some of the design of our roads and highways. 
Uh, but we've also worked a lot on the soft week story buildings. Uh, there have been a lot of those that have been retrofitted in the Los Angeles area. City of LA has had two major retrofit ordinances since the Northridge earthquake, in part because of lessons learned from that earthquake. And one of those uh, was the soft week story building where you know 12,000 buildings in the Los Angeles area were found to be part of that ordinance. And to date, we've done 75% of those retrofits have been permitted and completed, uh, which is great progress. Um, it's not a, a small amount of buildings being completed. It still means that there's a lot of buildings that need to be work to be done. So it's just a small sample of um, what we've done and what we still need to do. How are these lessons learned also applied to other seismic areas in the U.S. or, or even outside the U.S.? You know, what, what kind of ripple effects were there from this, these lessons learned to other locations? One of the big ones that came out of Northridge is the steel moment frame type buildings. Um, there's been a lot of work over the years to update the requirements for those, and it has dramatically really changed the design of steel moment frame buildings, not only in Southern California, but throughout the U.S. and really around the world. You know, for non-structural engineers, what's a steel moment frame building? How does that work? The uh, the steel moment frame building are really just a uh, a frame of beams and columns. Columns support the vertical loads kind of coming down through the building, and beams are the horizontal members in each floor. And when we connect those together with a very rigid frame line connection, they provide a type of lateral resistance that we use in buildings used in high-rise buildings, used in a lot of buildings where we would like to keep open window systems and such. So it's a pretty common uh, system. A lot of office buildings have this. And, uh, and those buildings had a pretty simplified connection that we thought was, for lack of a better term, bulletproof um, in, uh, in the days before Northridge earthquake. And we found quite clearly through the performance of these types of buildings in the Northridge earthquake, they had lots of cracks in their beam to column joints. Um, a lot of technical details really involved in that, but the general summary is that they did not perform well. And so we've really gone back and reanalyzed those and they're both proprietary and non-proprietary connections that you can use to design those types of buildings now. And Craig, have they gone back to, you know, structures like that in seismic zones and, and retrofitted a lot of those or, or how do they deal with that part of it? We did certainly in the Northridge earthquake in and around the LA basin and area. We looked at a lot of those and uh, a lot of that work has, uh, has been done, but a lot of it hasn't been done. There's still high rise buildings in, uh, in Los Angeles with old, we call them pre Northridge connections. I mean, it's an actual term in the industry that we use now and people know what you're talking about. When you talk about a pre Northridge moment frame connection building, it's a building that was really designed with a connection that was utilized before the Northridge earthquake. And, um, we know it's susceptible. Now, these buildings have a lot of redundancy in them in that uh, there are a lot of these frames typically in these buildings. Um, so redundancy is where we have more than one or two of these frame connections. So if one fails, fails we still have backup systems in place. Uh, but there's still a lot of work to be done. There is talk in the industry about beginning to address those buildings and retrofit them, but you can imagine the cost and implications that occur due to uh, to doing that. Craig, on the the symposium that you just uh, finished up last week, um, what what was the main purpose of that, and and what were some of the key takeaways? The event was uh, 
set on the Caltech campus in Pasadena, uh, which was really home to the seismological lab uh, that really houses a lot of the seismology data that comes in from around the world. Very interesting that we uh, could host it actually at that location. And after the Northridge earthquake is a site where Dr. Lucy Jones really spoke to the media over and over and gave reports about what was happening. The um, event really brought both policymakers and city government officials, building officials and engineers together in one collective environment to have a discussion, not only about what happened kind of from a technical structural engineering standpoint that day, but what happened from our response side, um, what happened from a standpoint of what we're doing since, what we've done since then to uh, update codes, enact retrofit um, ordinances and how we're prepared today. Uh, for the next earthquake. So I think um, the the big uh, outtake from that event was really the collective um, discussion from all of those parties together to help make sure we're still moving ahead even 30 years after the earthquake. And we don't forget what really happened on that devastating day. And do you feel that we're prepared for that next big one? Isn't the, the model showing that something is probably going to happen in the near future again? It is. I mean, there, there it, it hasn't happened in 30 years here in a major way in Southern California, and, um, and, it, and it will again someday. So I, I think we are much better prepared now than we were um, certainly back then. Some of the models of how we responded in that earthquake and are right out of that model is what the task force for urban search and rescue uh, groups actually use now and have used around the country, not only for earthquakes, but also for after post hurricane or tornado events. Um, so uh, that certainly is, we're ready from a response standpoint in that regard. Um, there are uh, other tools available like uh, accelerated building recovery, where engineers can come in and work with cities to help uh, work hand in hand after an earthquake with building owners to assess their buildings and work with the city so that the city is not overwhelmed with having to look at every single building in their city. There are retrofit ordinances and strategies that are updating groups um, and, uh, and buildings that we know are vulnerable and need to be retrofitted. I mean, there are buildings across the country, not just here, but whether you're in St. Louis area near the Madrid fault, um, or you're um, down in Florida in hurricane region where, you know, we know we need to update these 50 and 60 and 70 and 100 year old buildings that um, are still standing there and, and being used and otherwise appear to be OK. Um, but we know if there is a major event, we, we need to be prepared. So I think those are all positive things that we've been working on. What does that look like as far as, you know, structural engineers being in the field at post event? helping communities to return as much to normal as they can. It's a good conversation. I mean, I mean, I guess a lot of resources in place to be able to not only do seismic retrofit work um, before an earthquake happens or seismic risk assessment to really assess buildings for building owners, um, which are both important tools, I think, ahead of time to, uh, to really look at. But the you know, post-disaster response is, is really important. There are opportunities to be you know, forefront, really working with owners to support not only 
an infrastructure that you own or operate in a certain geographic area. And if there were an earthquake, how do you respond to that? And how, who, who can you go to, to really um, come in and assess your building? Or are there tools to be able to, you know, monitor what your building might do in an earthquake and be able to react to that very quickly? So your, your staff and your people who might be in that building or might be going to that building later on that morning, is it okay for me to, to, to come to work? There's some really interesting things out there in the in the in the field for that. Most places in the U.S. have some sort of um, impacted by some sorts of natural events. And so, if you own one of those buildings, what are the first steps to know? Are you prepared? You know, are you ready? Is your building going to be resilient? Yeah, I think the sensor um, piece is a big uh, opportunity. There are sensors you can put on buildings, certainly in earthquake country, where you can help to monitor accelerations that occur in the building and understand really real-time data moments after the earthquake happens, whether you have a potential issue in your building. Um, so I think that's a, a really important thing, too. I think, you know, it's realizing and not being, um, you know, making sure that we're just prepared for that. Uh, event when it comes because it's going to come whether it's you know again hurricane tornado um, major water disaster or earthquake we uh, we certainly can be prepared if you've got a building and you wonder hey i wonder am i ready for this next you know tornado or hurricane or earthquake how hard is it for somebody to like a structural engineer to come in look at that and and let them know sort of what their risk is it's something we do quite a bit. I mean, we do it across the country in different um, venues. I mean, we've seen uh, where these assessments are even needed over the course of time with a building that, you know, wouldn't necessarily be impacted by a natural disaster. Doing building evaluations is a is an important health checkup. I mean, just like we go to the doctor once a year to get a health checkup, it makes a lot of sense to do that. Our buildings don't sit there without any decay over years and years and years. And that really is an important thing. So if you have an older uh, building um, that's been, you know, 50 years old, 60 years old, you know, any, any of that time, I mean, going and doing a, a, just an overall evaluation, not only of its structural system, but of its infrastructure, really, I think MEP civil is, is important to do. And it's not hard to do and turn that 50 year old building into a hundred year old building. Well, Craig, I really appreciate you joining us here today to talk about the, the Northridge earthquake. Uh, any final thoughts on, on the future of structural engineering, specifically as it pertains to seismic activity and what you think is coming down the pike? It's a great reminder of what we really need to remember um, and not forget that these are things that will happen again and we need to be prepared for them. So that was an important part of the symposium. One of the great things that I certainly encourage a lot of uh, certainly younger engineers is, is getting out and being part of organizations like uh, the Structural Engineering Association of Southern California. There are those across the country that are certainly important, um, but also from an ownership standpoint, there are ownership groups to, to get really get involved in and um, help to, to drive the message about what really needs to be done and get involved in that conversation. So one of the CIOS programs that's really good, we have a Safer Cities program that helps to partner with structural engineers and with city government to help craft sensible legislation for retrofitting these older buildings and ones that we know are vulnerable so that we don't have this issue of community resilience after the next big earthquake. I think there are a lot of opportunities for us to, to be part of the solution. Sounds great. Craig, thanks again for being with us today. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That was IMIG's Craig Chamberlain on the state of structural engineering upon the 30th anniversary of the Northridge earthquake in California of January 1994. To hear previous episodes of The Future Built Smarter, visit us at imegcorp.com and go to our Insights tab. We can also be found on any podcast app. We'll be back with another episode in the near future. Until then, thanks for listening and take care. <music>